And here we are, the 18 hours between round 11 and round 12 means time for the Mungrel Punt Podcast, episode 20. I'm here as always with the lovely Mrs. Mungrel. I'm treading very, very carefully around her at the moment. She's on a new health kick. We have lentils and chickpeas in the house. I, I thought they were on the same level as unicorns and stuff, you know. I've heard of them, but I don't really see them, but you, you're eating them at the moment. I really miss cake. It's been 12 hours. <laughs> I, miss, <laughs> I miss scones and It's biscuits. been 14 hours. <laughs> just going to cry. I ate a biscuit before. I hate you so much. Yeah, me and, me and our daughter, we <laughs> sat down and munched some Malto milks. Cool. You can tell she has a lot of them when she asks for them by name. Not a biscuit. Yeah. I want a Malto milk. I'm like, yeah. yeah, who am I to, yeah, who am I to begrudge you that? I'm going to give you plenty of Malto milks. We're suckers, though. And with this came the day after... You in for some reason you were feeling celebratory. It was our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I just, just like, realised. You mean for some reason? Well, I'm trying to piece it all together. My life's a bit hectic at the moment. You went. Uh, we we bought lunch and then you ordered some Krispy Kreme donuts to be delivered. Yep. And then you decide you're going to go on a health kick. Well, that was the final hurrah. For some, for some. Till till the end of the month. I'm being dragged along on this health kick and. Um, Kicking and screaming is putting it mildly. You, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Well, you know what would help what? with this? If people bought a few mongrel memberships. <laughs> what a segue. Straight into it. You get your defensive and wingman rankings every week. Player rankings when I get the time. I didn't get time last week because there was no days between games. Lo and behold, same thing this week. Mm-hmm. This football bonanza is absolutely killing me. I've been sleeping during the day. Not today, however, because uh, we have both been at work, in inverted commas, at work. Oh, I've been messing things up at work and causing dramas, and I think the footy will kill us this year. Quite possibly. At least, you know, if we get a lot of members, they can pay for our funerals. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. You know, Please, everybody, for the I'd greater like good. a decent one. We've also had an article up on the young Fremantle midfield in the members-only section, which is uh, talking about both their development and the necessity to re-sign these guys as soon as possible. And we'll be talking about about those guys a little bit later on. But before we kick things off, you've got not just a... a If there was a Legends wing in the Hairstyle Hall of Fame, this bloke would get automatic access to it based on what you saw this week. It's Lyndon Dunn. What's Lyndon Dunn this time? (laughs) What hasn't he done? Oh my gosh. It's... It's... Basically the worst thing I think I've seen in a very long while. He was straight out of Trailer Park Boys with his hairstyle. I don't know what that is, but... Uh, well, it use, sounds like a show that I would like. Yeah. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. Well, it's this high, highfalutin, <laughs> you know, place in, in, the, in the Hamptons. High-powered businessman. <laughs> but yeah, he he's doing it for charity, so we can't well, be too Well, actually, mean. I have to give props to Mel Thompson, who piped up and said that the boys are doing it for charity. So, I'm very impressed by this now. I mean, disgusted. I'm seriously disgusted. It's horrible. But I'm also a bit impressed because it's for kids. I'm going to do a charity run as well. A charity run? No, You're going to do I'm, a charity I'm going to do a run at raising money for charity. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be sh- sh- shave your back to... <laughs> I didn't mean to sound so disbelieving, but I was just like, you're going to do a run. <laughs> no, sure. I'll do a brisk walk. <laughs> Complain about it later. <laughs> Shave your back to save the carpet snakes. <laughs> carpet snakes. They're an underrated snake. Oh my you can gosh. keep them as a pet. 
you know, I've got a lot of hair on my back these days. Could make a nice carpet for oh, the snake. This is horrendous. This is terrible. We had a draw last night. Essendon and Gold Coast. So disappointing. Well, a lot of people have actually been talking about whether Isaac Rankin, he had the, the ball at 50 metres with about 45 seconds to go. And it took his time. This, really took his time. Is this when you were yelling snap it or snap something? I would never yell something like that. Yeah, you were. Oh, this is straight after that, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would yell it, but not at that point. <laughs> okay. So Isaac Rankin took a mark on the 50 metre line. It's only a little fella. And people were criticising him for taking too long to go back and have his shot. He used his whole 30 seconds to go back and take the shot at goal. I'm thinking people aren't really thinking this through. He, in doing that, he basically killed off any chance Essendon had of winning that game. So scores were level. He's got 30 seconds to kick the ball. And it would take you know, two, three marks in it and, and a couple of kicks to get the ball up the other end of the ground and score. By narrowing that down to 15, 12 seconds to go, he basically guaranteed that Gold Coast couldn't lose that game. It was basically the worst case scenario was a draw. Yeah. Hmm. So the only thing he did wrong really was, I think he was trying to kick the ball to the top of the goal square where they could just jump up and punch it through if they could. And his kick kind of skewed off to the left a little bit, which put it into the forward pocket. Guys went after it. A bloke named Sean Lemons picked it up and looked like a bit of a deer in the headlights for a second. He only had a split second, but in that situation, you throw the ball on your boot and hope for the best. That's when you were screaming, snap it. Yeah, Yeah. I was... Yes, I was screaming at that. I was talking loudly. I don't scream. I squeal. shouting going on. I squeal and I make involuntary noises, but I don't scream. Uh, And he he could have done something, but he got tackled, and he probably was tackled holding the ball there. The guy named Kyle Langford nailed him in a tackle, and he spilled the ball out. Uh, Brendan Ellis picked it up, went to snap it. Andrew McGrath smothered it. There's one of your terms. Yep. These sides, they probably have a have a reason to be relieved and disappointed, both of them, in this game. Ben King kicked a goal that was a ripper, one of the twins, you like them, and then missed a set shot minutes later that would have well, probably iced the game, I think. And the, you know, the Bombers had a shot at goals. Dylan Shealy snapped a point, put him in front by a point, and then just allowed Gold Coast to waltz out of the out of the back line and, and very little de- defensive pressure. You can tell the guys were pretty spent, but at that point in the game, with the adrenaline pumping and stuff, you thought that you think they would have manned up a little bit better. It was a great finish. There'll be a few players, you know, ruining missed opportunities, I think, in that game. And uh, you were ruining the fact Gold Coast didn't get up. I was. It's very sad about that, actually. You know how I feel about Gold Coast. You have an unreasonable affinity for Gold Coast, don't you? I do. I don't like the Gold Coast. I've been there once. As in the place? Yeah. Didn't like it. You've been there once? Yeah. Well, you're obviously a, a well-travelled lady. Wasn't there for very long Been either. to Cranbourne, Pakenham. <laughs> Clayton. Clayton. Whoa. <laughs> bit, a bit of pack of lunch. <laughs> um, now, you've had a couple... There's been a couple of comments on the site this morning. Yes. A um, bit of a topic of yours that you wanted to bring up here. Around the dreaded Vic Bias. Oh, I just... It was on um, Gab's, Gab Rossi's article. The 10 things that he learned. Because he's a very astute man, Gab. He's always got his ear to the ground, picking up new things every week. <laughs> Look on your face, is terrific. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself that he does. 
<laughs> yeah, everybody's very upset that he's referred to interstate teams as interstate teams. Are people going to flame me now and call me a flog? Do you want them to? I don't know. <laughs> well, you use the word flame, which is pretty internet-y. Is it? And then flog is pretty footy, so... you Look at me. You're really I'm appealing. <laughs> you're really appealing to the right demographic there. You flog. <laughs> Finally, I've made it. Yeah. Well, it's just that everybody's um, upset that he used the term interstate, but he's from Victoria, in Victoria, and they are interstate, and I don't understand what they want him to use. What term is he supposed to use? That non-Victorian. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't think that'll help. That'll probably upset everybody worse. But what is a term that he could use or the writers could use that isn't a nuffy, made-up, stupid term? What's a natural language term? Because there isn't one. It's called interstate, you massive flogs. Whoa. Oh, wow. It's the second week in a row. You've really gone a couple of people here. I think I should get off my diet. (laughs) Possibly. I'll order some cake. But, you know, 10 of the 18 teams are located in Victoria. Nine of them in Melbourne. So when Gab's talking about interstate teams, this will probably draw some heat, but the VFL was the premier competition in the, in the country. In 1990, it changed to the AFL. In 87, it brought in the West Coast Eagles and the Brisbane Bears at that point. It already had the Sydney Swans, so it became a national competition. So basically it morphed from the Victorian competition to the national competition. And some of the teams have been really, really successful. Some not so successful. Uh, poor old Frio, they're still struggling a bit, as well as the newer teams. But you know, West Coast really successful, Sydney successful. Uh, Brisbane won three premierships in a row. So success everywhere. And we try and cover the game relatively evenly. Um, you can't please all the people all the time. But there's a few people that hang on to the whole, well, it's still the VFL. Oh, it's obviously still geared towards Victoria um, kind of bias narrative. Mm. Um, Are there any Victorian teams I actually like, aside from St Kilda? You like Hawthorne because you barrack for them. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Well, that's... that's Do you like the Western Bulldogs, their team Taco? I do. Yeah, Mission Tacos, you like them? Yeah. Do you like North Melbourne? No. No. You don't. Why? anymore. <laughs> it used to be because Wayne Carey was associated oh, with Oh yeah, them. that's why. Don't like that. I like the West Coast Eagles. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you want to I visit Perth. I really want to visit Perth because it looks a lot better than, yeah. than well, here. Well travelled. <laughs> mm. I like Brisbane. Yes. I like... You don't like Sydney. No, I don't like Sydney. Do you like GWS? Yes. But they're in Sydney. Nope. No, they're not. And right, I fine. also like Gold Coast. Sorry. Even though you don't like the Gold Coast itself. Yeah. Yeah, you're a real complicated person, aren't you? I'm starting to think there's something wrong. With you or with me? <laughs> Definitely with me. Oh, good. But yeah, I just, I think, I don't know what else we're supposed to say aside from interstate, because... I, I don't mind. I, I'm sure the people in WA call teams from outside WA interstate, interstate. teams. Yeah. And same in, same in any other state, really. Um, if they didn't... That would be really weird. If they, if they called them what? What would they call well, them? If they're trying to call, like, say they're talking about... Foundation teams? Sydney and St Kilda. And they call them, you know, the New South Waleses and the Victorians. Bunch of weirdos. They're calling them interstate. I'm sure of it. And I don't want to be disappointed by 
some West Australian reporter who's calling them some ridiculous term because I will be shattered. So if you if you have a, a better term, by all means, drop us a line at the Mongrel Punt and let Mrs Mongrel know so she can start being up to speed with the proper vernacular. Better be good. And she can let me know as well because I have no idea. And we'll probably still call them interstate teams if it's a Victorian writer who's referring to teams that aren't in Victoria. That said, we have people based in South Australia, Western Australia as well. So some of our writers aren't Victorian and we try and provide a pretty even playing field for all teams. Incidentally, if we do move to Perth, we're still going to say interstate when we refer to Victoria then, won't we? Because well, we'll be in Perth. Maybe we'll change things up just to, just to screw with people. Such a flog. I'm a flog. <laughs> Speaking of flogs, uh oh. Um, I want to talk about about North Melbourne. <laughs> so I was just trying to segue across here, guys. I don't really think North Melbourne are flogs. So North have had a, a massive run with or bad luck run with injuries this year, and it hasn't obviously helped where they're sitting on the ladder. They're they've looked abysmal in a couple of games there. Their recruits aren't playing the sort of football they, they need them to. Their kids are a little bit slow in coming on, some of them. And their veterans have either been hurt or woefully out of form. Can you name any North Melbourne players off the top of your head? Yep. Go. Ben Brown. Rubbish this year. Majak. Yeah, not, not the same player he was, for obvious reasons. Yep, fell off a bridge, goes back to professional sports... I walk down a flight of stairs and I'm out for weeks. Anyway, I don't know any other players. The Todd. The Todd. Todd Goldstein, probably playing, playing his, some of his best football. And I think the coach is a twin. He is a... No, he wasn't a twin. Oh. No, he was a twin, but he's not anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Brad Scott coached them and he was let go Just last the year. the other twin. And... So you actually said the, the current coach, you like him, Reese Shaw. Oh, I do. I remember the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Why? What do you like him? He looks friendly. Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Very easily won over. You are. So their best players hurt. Ben Cunnington. Funny name. You like him too. I do. Because he punches people name. in the stomach often. Does he? Yes. I thought that's why I liked him. I think it might be. So he's 29 years old. Their best defender, Robbie Tarrant, is 31 years old. They've got Luke McDonald having a great year. Jai Simkin started out really good. He's 22 years old. Then you got Todd Goldstein, 32 years old, just re-signed with the team. He could have basically signed anywhere he wanted, really. And Sean Higgins, who's 32 as well, and is probably their best midfielder at the moment, I'd say. Playing a lot outside on the wing at the moment. They're not going to play in a contending team again, those two guys. They're both 32 years old. And if North trade them, I'm not sure they get any value back at the moment at all. Given they're 32, you're not going to get first-round draft picks back for those guys. Why did they sign if they're in a rubbish team? Well, they didn't believe they're going to be a rubbish team. You see, so North Melbourne thought that they were going to be able to contend this year. Obviously, injuries and form have prevented that from happening in a big way. And they've, they've had a bloke who was the best tagger slash stopper in the league who cannot get on the park. He got a concussion. When was it? 2018, I think. And he just can't get right. So he's got you know, concussion-related injuries. And I think this this is it for him. I, I was hopeful he'd get back this year. His name's Ben Jacobs. And 
before Matt DeBoer took over the title of the best stopper in the league, it was probably Ben Jacobs before that. And he's, I think he might be finished. In terms of their kids, they've got one called Luke Davies Uniac, who is coming on, but he's coming on pretty slowly, I think, anyway. Starting to look all right. Aiden Bonner, not Boner. Don't look at you smiling away. Far out. Yeah. I told you that he was at GWS, and they had... Um, <laughs> they had one bloke, obviously Aiden Boner, and they had another one called Isaac Cumming. It's just and I really wanted them to connect, <laughs> but but I wanted it to be like, oh, you know, Boner goes to Cumming prematurely, <laughs> and it's a turnover. Oh, anyway, they've got Ben Mackay, who's looking good in defence. Uh, Will Walker, who. The jury's out on him. Taron Thomas, who's hurt at the moment and could be anything. Curtis Taylor, who's looked really, really good. He's been hurt. Nick Larkey's just come back from injury. Looks like he could be a, a replacement for Ben Brown if they choose to move him on. Cam Zerha. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. He kind of has all the tools to be... He has the tools to be the most hated guy in the league. Because he doesn't take a backward step. Likes to hurt people. But he just fades a little bit in games, and sometimes he, sometimes he gives away more free kicks than he needs to. Uh, Jack Marnie, the youngest player in the game, seemed to be all right. He? I think he's eighteen-ish. Cutie pie. Okay. Uh, you got Bailey Scott, who's looked good in patches, and Kyron Hayden, who got absolutely poleaxed a couple of weeks ago, running back with the flight. They look good. Th- those young kids look pretty good, but at the moment they've got list cloggers like Mason Wood and Taylor Garner, who. Look, they probably should have traded Mason Wood last year, and they didn't. He's a restricted free agent this year. Hopefully he signs somewhere else and gets another crack at it. Um, Blokes like Tom Murphy, and another bloke called Sean Attlee, who's one of the... mm, He's he's not a good player, but somehow he's managed to get to 200 games. So he can't be shit and get to that far. He seems to do one good thing a game, and then he puts a cue in the rack and goes, all right, I'm done. And then he... Just kind of meanders about the field for the rest of the day. Their recruits, Jared Polek and Aaron Hall. Polek's been really disappointing this year. I thought he'd take another step and regain the form he had at Port Adelaide. No such luck. Jasper Pittard's being played forward. They're just a real mess at the moment, North. And it's looking increasingly like they're going to bottom out and go back to the draft. Which will mean the players that thought they were signing on a contender may look to be traded. And may request to be traded. You'd be pretty angry. Well, if you signed a couple of years or a three-year deal, thinking that, right, we're going to build, we're looking for a shot, and you were sold on that idea, and then less than 12 months into this, you know, this, what was supposed to be a, you know, a shot at the title, they're saying, actually, no, we're not going to do that now. We're going to bottom out, and we're going to build with the kids. You'd be wanting out. Even if you'd been there for the majority of your career, and I kind of feel for Todd Goldstein because he could have signed anywhere. He's good enough to get a gig anywhere other than like Melbourne with Gorn, West Coast with Nick Nat, and um, probably Collingwood with Grundy. He could have got a gig really anywhere. Could have went to the Western Bulldogs and played with Tim English and taught him. But he signed with North, and now it's looking like he's going to finish out his career there not playing on a contender, which is a bit sad for him. That is very sad. You're looking pretty sad. You like, like the Todd. I like the Todd. <laughs> quick, quick touch on Port's big win over Richmond on the 
When was it? Last weekend, I think. I've got no idea what day it <laughs> you is. You can just say everything is a couple of days ago at the moment. And the rise of a young man named Zach Butters. Butters. So probably the game of the season so far. Frenetic pace early on. Port got absolutely screwed by the umpires at one point. Probably three or four instances that cost goals. One where Dustin Martin pushed someone into the pack and ended up being a free kick to his teammate. Um, another one where Jack Revolt dropped the ball cold and was called play on and Martin kicked the goal. Another one where Robbie Gray got driven into the ground in the back and they called holding the ball. I think I have no idea how many how he should could have got rid of that ball. Port were probably lucky to win because of Charlie Dixon's inaccuracy. So he had three shots within 20 metres of goal that he missed. And in a game like that where Richmond came back at him, you could see that, gee, if they lose this, they're going to absolutely rue the, those misses. To their credit, they were great in the last quarter. And this young bloke, Zach Butters, he just wants the ball more than anybody else. So if there's three players between him and the ball, and it's 10 metres away, you can actually put money on him to get to the ball first. He climbs over them like, you know, like, our, like our child trying to get to food. Yeah, it takes after a mum. Desperation. <laughs> Last year they had three kids who they drafted. Connor Rosie, Jamie Durs Jamie Dersma? Xavier Dersma. And Zach Butters. And that was the, the order of them last year. Rosie was the standout, Dersma was second, Butters was probably third. This year, I'm thinking that order has jumped with Butters to the top. Rosie's been a little bit let's say they're they're a nice bit of mashed potato. The butters is on top. It's actually really oh. nice. That's how I like to have my mashed potato, everybody. And with a bit of Sam Pal pepper on it as well. Shocking. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so, yeah, Rosie's dropped a little bit in form. Butters has jumped to the top and Dersma got hurt. But those three have helped turn this team around. You had Noah Bolter playing on Charlie Dixon. Days after they said, oh, he's the new Alex Rance. And Dixon was just monstering him. He was just too big and too strong you got to remember that Bolter's still a kid. He's very early 20s. He's playing key position, and he'll be a lot better as time goes on. You wouldn't expect him to be getting the best of, of a guy who's you know late 20s and built like a brick shithouse like Charlie Dixon. Now, I've just got to hand over to Mrs. Mungrel here. She's uh, primed and ready for this. Before we do... Oh, well, she's not this. primed and ready at all. So my computer has dinged twice in the time I've been recording and my phone has buzzed. And earlier today or yesterday, time has no meaning anymore. You were telling me about a podcast you listen to where there's a bunch of old blokes talking about football and one of them, his phone keeps going off and he doesn't know how to work it and he keeps saying, yeah, I've turned it off. And I told you, yeah, I don't know how, I don't think I can <laughs> turn the sound off. On your computer that you own. <laughs> And can you just let people know what industry you work in? No. No. Because <laughs> the initials aren't IT, are they? No, she, but she can't turn the sound off on her computer. Too I don't, hard. Don't know how this yeah, works. I just, who's that guy that can't handle his phone? Don Scott. Don Scott. Mm. How old is he? 70s. Awesome. Yep. Um, he's equivalent. All downhill from here for you, unfortunately. <sighs> it was never going to be uphill. Anyway, time for my rolling all-star team. Yes. Ba -ba -da. Yay. Okay, I have Hugh Green Luggage. Oh, we're going back? We're doing a recap oh, first? I think it's a good idea. Okay. Hugh, Hugh Green Luggage. Is... Hugh Green Luggage. The two of them. Yeah. Supposed to be attractive Bailey. It's McGreenwood, by the way. It's Green Luggage. 
Supposed to be attractive Bailey. Yes, Bailey Smith. Colin Farrell. Kane Farrell. Petrarca. Yes. Toby Green. Yep. Ollie Wines. Yep. The Twins. Ben King and Max King, the same person. Luke Bruce. Yes. And this time... Mm-hmm. I'm choosing Canelio. Canelio, because? Mm. His name means rabbit. Oh, it does mean rabbit. It does. You told me this yes, a I while did. ago. Yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah. Mrs. Mungle has two pet rabbits. They're crap. Yeah, they are real crap. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't get pet rabbits if you've got kids. Don't. They're just but useless. But the rabbit before was also absolutely useless. Oh. lovely. He was such a good boy and he really didn't like HB much. And when HB would sit on the ground, he'd sneak up and just nip him on the bum and then run away. And then he died. You're the worst. <laughs> just that's fact. It, it is fact. It is Broke fact. My little heart. Yeah. So Cornelio is one. Cornelio is one. Yes. No idea what he does or who he is or what he looks like. Just his name is means he gets in. And the other one is Lyndon Dunn because oh. Bailey can't be alone. Well, and, with terrible hairstyles. Yeah, and they're they're obviously doing something really good for babies, and that's wonderful. Well, I'm very happy that. Oh, oh shit. no. Um, I've, I've arranged another guest to come in. I'll just grab the door, hang on a sec. I've never been more unhappy. Mm. Hey, lass. Oh. How are you doing there, eh? It's me, <laughs> Mr. McGreenwood. <laughs> I heard you had my missus on here last week. We're talking about the boy's name. She was a little bit inaccurate. I want to set the record straight. So I'm coming in to talk to you. You, you, pansy boy, get out of here. There's only two microphones. Get there. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Good. Don't come back. I'm talking to your missus. She loves it. <laughs> now, now we don't talk me and the missus, right? We don't talk. Sure, we have a bit of rumpy pumping now and again, but, but, but I don't talk to her as a rule. You just don't want to know about this. They don't listen. They don't listen. They get a transcript, but we can edit that bit out. Anyway, anyway, it's my rule. We roll in the hay and then don't talk to me, Mrs. Mrs. McGreenwood. Annoy the shit out of me, you do. So anyway, she told a lie about how they got their names, you see. Would you like me to tell you the real story, lass? I mean, no. Well, you're a pretty fine-looking strumpet over there. Maybe uh, maybe you should just be quiet like Mrs. Green McGreenwood. Oh, Forgot my own name for a second. So, anyway... After uh, we got together, I was laying on the couch having a frothy. <laughs> yeah. A Guinness or whatever they call it. <laughs> and she came over to me and she said, Eh, eh, because that's how she talks, you see. Eh, what do you want to call the boys? And I thought she was talking about, you know, my bits. <laughs> I didn't want to didn't want to offer up any names. And I said, what are you talking about, woman? And she said, I'm pregnant with, with two boys. I couldn't believe I was having something. I started choking. I was going, here, here, like that. And she goes, oh, that's a great idea. Anyway, when I woke up with the paramedics, she told me that she decided on the names Hugh and Hugh. I couldn't, I couldn't work out how or why. Anyway, I, I think she thought I was answering her questions about, you know, what should we call the boys when I was trying to get the stuff out of my throat. So, uh... Anyway, I might leave it there. I might get your little pansy wet pants husband back in here and see if he, uh, he's got anything to add. And I'll just mosey on out of here. I'll leave my phone number here for your ass just in case. Yeah. 
you ever want to have a bit of rumpy pumpy yourself then? All right, you, your wet pants, come on back in here. Thank you, Mr. McGreenwood. I'm crying. You're the... What do they say to you? Well, thank you, uh, Shrek McGreenwood. <laughs> so glad to have you on the show. Well, he's oh. he's a big fella. I don't know. He's kind of ushered me out of here pretty quick. Well, if anybody's still listening, I'm, I'm sorry for what we've become. Why don't you shut up in there, you dirty old wet pants bastard? <laughs> Is he talking to you? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> anyway, I thought uh, we might run through the, the current All-Australian back six and see. I'm glad we didn't keep him around for this because the Hughes aren't in it. They don't play defence. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they play. Doesn't they, matter, though. They both play on ball. One plays in the wing and one plays They'll in the centre. play on ball. Anyway, keep going. <sighs> so I'll list the contenders. You can tell me if you know any of these names. Nick Haynes, Dane Rampey, Jacob Wiedering, Harris Andrews, Tom Jonas, Sam Doherty, Jake Lloyd, Braden Maynard, Darcy Moore, Luke Ryan, Stephen May, Jordan Ridley, Brad Shepard. And you've got to narrow that down into six. All right, there's only six spots in the All-Australian team, maybe one on the bench. But what's happened in the past is they've squeezed a midfielder in on the halfback flank, which has left five spots, really, in the All-Australian team. And that's a lot of talent to go in there. So who would I go for right now? I'd probably have Maynard in there from Collingwood, Andrews from Brisbane, Wiedering from Carlton, but I could swap him out for Darcy Moore pretty quick. Nick Haynes from GWS because he's my love child, apparently. <laughs> Nick Jonas. Right. Nick Jonas? You know him? It's from the Jonas Brothers. I was just about this to This is his say. older brother, Tom. Oh. So we'll chuck him in there as well. He's had a fantastic season. Usually plays fullback. I'm a bit iffy about having him at centre-half back. And Luke Ryan from Fremantle as well. So I think Sam Doherty had a great start to the season, but it's fallen away in the last probably four weeks or so. We have a Doherty riding for us. Yeah, it's no relation. Who, what's his name? Alex Doherty. Oh, the Alex, Doc. right. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Jake Lloyd in, uh, in great current form. Probably not too far away. Darcy Moore has been fantastic all year. Just had a week off. Him and Weedering, I'd swap one or the other out. Maybe even Jonas, depending on form over the next week or two. I opted for Maynard. I didn't want to have two blokes from Collingwood in the same team as well, which is probably why Moore missed out. Haynes has been huge for the Giants this year. I took him over Shepard and Ridley. And there'll be a couple of Bomber supporters who believe Ridley should be in there. And yes, he has some strong claims. He's a young fella. Great intercept mark. He's 29th in the league in intercepts, though. So he's coming off a great game last night. But Ryan has has it over him in terms of intercepts. Guys like Sicily and stuff have it over him as well. And I, I preferred Ryan over over him because he does big jobs as well. So Ridley kind of plays on the second to third good forward. Luke Ryan plays on the first. He's had Alex Pierce and Joel Hamling out all year. And I reckon the last three weeks in particular, he's been spectacular. And I, I would like to have him in my side right now. That said, Ridley really showing a lot. Upcoming games. Mrs. Mungrel. Oh, too many of them. What's going on? He has a lot this weekend. There's no buys. Oh, really? So, games oh, start no. tonight and then Monday, and I was allocating games or seeing, you know, who wanted what, and I actually left a, left a game out and thought, oh, that's pretty busy. And someone said, oh, you forgot St Kilda versus Essendon, and I said, oh, shit, <laughs> I did. So, Port and Geelong, 
That's Friday night. Should be an absolute belter. Uh, I keep saying we're going to find out a lot about Port. I reckon we've already found out about them. They beat Richmond. They're sitting at, what, 8-2? and two? Something like that. I don't know. Maybe even better than that. I can't remember. Um, but to the, the, the top of the ladder, in his preview this week, Matt Passmore said, well, I haven't beaten anybody on top of them. And I hope people get that joke because uh, someone was bound to jump on and say, yeah, well, how can they beat anyone on top of them when they're on top of the ladder? And then they'll say Vic Bias and you know, delete us. But then they'll call themselves a flog. Yeah, possibly. The D's and the Pies. This one will teach us quite a bit. you got Grundy versus Gorn. Assuming Gorn can play, he missed last week. Grundy hasn't been in the same form as he was last year. And, you know, you might get two wounded warriors there playing against each other. And the D's haven't really beaten anyone of note. Collingwood's been... Mm, ordinary, but are still getting wins on the board. So all of a sudden you may get Collingwood jumping out of the box and giving them a hiding, or Melbourne's showing some something that they've been promising and haven't really delivered to date. Can the Crows get a win? No. No, you're putting a line through them? Yep. So 1964 was the last time in VAFL history... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, that a team went winless. The Crows have got six games left this season. History tells us that they're going to win one of them. I just have a feeling it's going to be against Hawthorne. I've got this horrible feeling. Uh, They play the Western Bulldogs this week, whose form's up and down, so maybe the Crows put it all together for one week, and it's this week. Because I can't see them putting it together for longer than one week, unfortunately, the way they play. Saints and the Bombers. Well... Saints lost this week pretty badly to Geelong and will need to win this because momentum is worth a hell of a lot. To drop this one basically gives Essendon a leg up into the eight and St Kilda drops back to the pack. As late as last week, people were saying, oh, St Kilda, top four, top four, and now everyone's adjusting their predictions and going, oh, they'll need to beat Essendon this week, otherwise they may drop out of the eight eventually. Still gunning for a uh, St Kilda grand final. You are? Yep. St Kilda Gold Coast, you want, don't you? Yep. Would have been real handy if Gold Coast knocked over Essendon last night, but... Mm. No, it didn't happen. Oh, well. And uh, my Hawks take on the Eagles over in Western Australia, and I just... Yeah, I'm not not feeling real confident about that one at all. Um, Daniel John Kershaw, DJK, asked whether uh, the Hawks can turn it around, and my response was just short and sharp, and nope. I think we're in big trouble. That's so sad. Well, I'm not real pleased about it. No. Anyway, Mrs. Monk, will you have anything to add before we sign off and run off into the night like wild maniacs? Naked? It's mid-afternoon. Oh. and It's getting dark. we we got to go back to work, actually. I do, yeah. Apologies to my boss. I will get that variance report to you in the next hour. Apologies to my boss. Doing the same thing I always do. Slouching. Poor work. <laughs> Please tune in next week when we'll have an update on Mrs. Mungrel's diet and uh, her exercise regime, which seem to be having a very what? negative what? effect on her already. Hate, um, I hate everything. It's making this blissful home just that little bit less blissful. So, ow, that was my knee cracking. <laughs> I did not kick him. Anyway, we'll catch you guys soon. Take care.